Let's make today the day you get one step closer to becoming the parent you've always wanted to be and the parent your children deserve. And welcome to Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. I am your host, Erin Taylor, and I have wanted to help parents and children literally since I was 11 years old. I created this podcast to help you make a stronger, healthier, deeper connection to your child, to understand the inevitable challenges a little better, and learn some new ways to navigate them when they occur. Thank you for spending some time with me. Now let's get this show started. Hello, and welcome to episode 100. I am so excited to share this episode with you and share this milestone with you. So very excited. So if you've been listening to me for a while, thank you so much for your time and attention and your support. I appreciate it deeply. If you are a new listener, thank you for joining me. Welcome. I hope you find lots of ideas and inspiration for your parenting here on my first 100 episodes. Stay tuned to near the end of this episode so that you can find out the details on how you can enter to win a drawing to to possibly be a winner in a giveaway that I am doing. But first, I wanted to share with you some exciting news that I got last week. I found out that I was accepted to be a contributor to Ariana Huffington's new mission called Thrive Global. And I found that out by getting an email from Ariana herself after I had sent her an email telling her about me and my story. And I have to tell you, it was a huge thrill to get an email from Ariana herself. I wanted to do cartwheels. It was so exciting. So those of you who know her will probably understand why I was ready to do cartwheels. So anyway, I wanted to share with you the email that I sent to her. And I'm sharing this because it's kind of an overview of how I got to where I am now at this point in my life so that those of you who don't know a lot about me will get to know who I am and how I got to where I am and why I do what I do. So here's the email I sent to her. I have known since I was 11 years old that I wanted to help children, parents, and families. I was blessed to have a wonderful relationship with both of my parents. I had a happy childhood and a warm, loving home. But I realized in elementary school that not everyone had as happy a childhood as I did. When I was 11, I knew that that was my life's calling to do what I could to help children have as happy and healthy a childhood as I did. I loved school, but did not find a subject that inspired me until my first psychology class in high school. 
This simply reinforced what I already knew to be true. All was fairly smooth until two days after Christmas when I was in 12th grade. When I returned home from my part-time job that evening, my mom tearfully informed me that my dad had a terrible fall off a ladder at work and hit his head so hard that he slipped into a coma and was being rushed into emergency surgery to relieve the bleeding on his brain. My two older brothers were en route to my house to get me and my mom so we could go to my dad. That began a long, difficult journey where my dad was in a coma for two weeks. During those first two weeks, before my dad really started responding, the doctors began asking us the painful question of whether we wanted to pull the plug on my dad. We maintained that he would come out of this one way or another, and we were not willing to make that decision. Slowly and miraculously, he began to respond, and took another two weeks to come out of the coma. After four weeks in the ICU and step-down unit of the hospital, he was transferred to a rehab hospital for eight more weeks. After graduating from there, he was able to come home, where he attended a day rehab program for head injury patients for another year. At that point, 15 months after his accident, he was medically cleared to get his driver's license again and return to working. This was when I first realized that I had a grit, determination, belief, and strength that most people around me did not seem to possess. It was when my dad was in the ICU that I got the acceptance letter from the school of my dreams, Drexel University. I was so excited to share the good news with my dad. I took the letter into his ICU room and read it to him. At that point, he couldn't even open his eyes. All he could do was wiggle his finger, but he wiggled it so fast when I told him the good news and it made my heart sing. I knew in my heart that Drexel was where I was meant to go and I ended up meeting my husband, now of 21 years, my first year there. After earning my bachelor's in psychology from Drexel, I went on to earn my master's in counseling psychology from Loyola University, Maryland. My husband and I got married the same month I graduated from Loyola, and we immediately began trying to build our family. After 18 months of trying with no success, we sought the help of a fertility doctor. After another 18 months of fertility treatments and loads of emotional turmoil and agony, we found out I was pregnant. Then at the 20-week ultrasound, we found out we were having a girl. But at the same time, we also found out that she had a life-threatening heart defect called hypoplastic left heart syndrome. She would need a series of three open-heart surgeries before the age of two to reroute the blood through her heart. We prepared emotionally for this difficult journey ahead of us. What we didn't realize then was that was not actually the journey that awaited us. Our daughter Sydney was born on March 8, 2001. She was beautiful and perfect on the outside. It was inconceivable to me how perfect she looked on the outside, yet knowing how life-threateningly imperfect she was on the inside. The priest and deacon from our church came to the hospital to baptize Sydney since her future was so uncertain. When they baptized her and offered all of us communion, my husband accepted the communion for the first time since he made his communion as a child. When I asked him about it later, he said that all of his doubt about the existence of God had vanished when he saw our daughter. Sydney had given him faith. Even though she was in the NICU, 
A few hours after her birth, she suffered an apnea episode. It was not until the next day when I knew in my heart how serious that episode was. She was transferred via ambulance to St. Christopher's Children's Hospital, where she would have these life-saving surgeries. Even though she was born via C-section, I managed to convince my doctor to release me the next day. My health and well-being was nothing in that moment compared to how badly I wanted to be with my newborn daughter. I was so excited to walk, albeit slowly, into the CCU to see my baby girl again. And though I expected butterflies and warmth to fill my heart the moment I saw her again, instead all I felt was complete dread. I knew something was horribly wrong. I don't know how I knew, except to say that mother's intuition is a real thing. It turned out that the apnea episode she suffered caused such severe brain damage that she lost her most basic reflexes, sucking, swallowing, coughing. Every test they did on her came back grossly abnormal. They gave her weeks and weeks to try to recover, but she never did. The doctors knew what we were not willing to see. She was not able to have those life-saving surgeries because she had no basic reflexes. They sat us down in a conference room on a Friday evening to talk to us one more time, trying to get us to see what they could already see. We knew that without the surgery, she would not survive, but we didn't want her to die in a hospital, the only place she had ever lived. They said it didn't have to be that way, that we could bring her home. As soon as we heard that, we both knew that that was what we needed to do. The hospital had a hospice worker come to see us that night to explain the entire process. We called our families and told them we would be bringing Sydney home on Saturday morning. That night, we lay in our room in the hospital where we stayed all 23 days that she was there. We held each other in our arms, wondering what in the world lay ahead of us. How did we find ourselves here? How would we get through this? Where would we find the strength? I knew in that moment that we were being held by a higher power. Call it God, the universe, whatever you wish. Somehow, I knew we had the strength to do this. The next morning came and we dressed our baby girl in her going home outfit. I was so happy to step outside in the fresh air with her, yet it was such a strange paradox knowing we were taking her home to die. My parents picked us up and took us home where our entire extended family and close friends were waiting for us. My heart was bursting when I saw all of them. They cooked, cleaned, fed us, and did whatever else needed to be done so that we could be with our daughter for as long as possible. Everyone took turns holding her since no one could hold her in the ICU except me and my husband. There was so much love flowing in our home that day, a pure type of love I never before and have never since experienced. Our sweet baby girl took her last breath Sunday morning at 3.31 a.m. It was one of the most peaceful moments of my life as I held her in my arms when she took her last breath. I held my hand on her chest and literally felt her soul ripple under my hand as it left her body. That's the only way I can explain it. That peace in that moment of her death was another paradox that was again further highlighted when the funeral home workers came to take her lifeless body a few hours later. The searing, burning, torturous agony I felt as I had to hand her over to them was indescribable. I stood in the driveway and wailed for what felt like an eternity 
as it felt like my insides were being ripped out of my body strand by strand. I'm not quite sure how I survived that one moment in time, but I knew that if I got through that, I could get through anything. We went out the day before Sydney's memorial service because my husband wanted to buy a cross necklace and have it engraved to say, Sydney, she gave me faith. We found the perfect one and he wore it every day. We went on to have a heart-healthy son with our next attempt at IVF. Then we tried IVF again unsuccessfully three more times. My mom, who had a chronic illness, was getting sicker and weaker. In November of 2003, when our third IVF cycle failed, I told my husband we needed to take a break from fertility treatments. I had an intuition that my mom was going to die in the next few months, and I didn't want the stress of grief, which I knew all too well at that point, while I was pregnant trying to grow a new life inside of me. Intuition again informed me, and I told my husband my mom was going to die in a few months, and her first job in heaven would be to bring us a daughter, since she knew how badly I wanted a daughter. It turned out that my mom died in February 2004, and we decided to try IVF again that summer, and it worked out on the first try. We then found out we were having another girl, and there was no other name to give her other than Faith. And the moment she was born, and we laid eyes on her, we immediately realized that she is a carbon copy of my mom. The universe is a mysterious thing sometimes. A year later, and after fertility struggles for nine years, we found out I got pregnant on my own. But sadly, that ended in miscarriage after nine weeks. Then a few months later, we again found out I was pregnant. This one turned out to be our youngest son, Brady. As you can see, our parenting journey has been filled with ups and downs. And because of this, I feel like I can relate to so many struggles that parents have. All during our time of family building, I worked as a therapist with foster, biological, and adoptive families and loved the contribution I was making in the world. About six years ago, I decided to go back to school to get my parent coaching certification and shift the gears slightly. I opened my own private coaching business, helping parents have deeper, healthier connections with themselves and their children, a dream I have held since I was 11. I've learned so much from my dear friend and mentor, Dr. Shafali, and I wrote a book illustrating her teachings called Connection and Kindness, The Key to Changing the World Through Parenting. Two years later, my dear friend and I decided to open a business called Building Connected Communities, where we help other coaches and therapists grow their businesses and serve more people. And all along, I have been happily raising my three heart-healthy children. I know you can understand that being an owner of two businesses can be challenging to say the least. I have had times where I worked so many hours that I worked through parties we were hosting in our own home. And I've had times where my work took such a back seat that it almost fell off my radar. It took time to find a healthy balance of all the things in my life. Work, parenting, eating, exercise, and of course, sleeping. And once you find that balance, it isn't a guarantee that you maintain it all the time. The balance itself takes work, but it is something I am committed to. I feel like I'm getting really good at balancing all of it at this point in my journey, and I'm excited to share that with and teach others. I love that you share a similar mission and passion. So that is the email that I sent to dear Ariana Huffington. And 
now I will be contrib contributing for Thrive Global and I'm really excited about it. And I hope by me sharing that email with you, it gives you a better glimpse into who I am and how I got to where I am and why I feel like I can relate to so many of your struggles. It may not be that I have the exact same struggles as you, but given the wide variety of experiences I've had as a parent myself, I feel like I can help so many parents and that is what I am passionate about doing. So if you feel like you need some support and guidance, please reach out to me. I would love to help you. Now on to the exciting giveaway that I'm doing. I would like to offer one free hour of coaching to one lucky winner along with a copy of my book, Connection and Kindness, The Key to Changing the World Through Parenting. So one lucky winner will receive a copy of the book and one free hour of coaching with me. All you have to do when you listen to this episode is go to my website, www.erin, E-R-I-N, dash, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R dot com slash podcasts. I will leave the link in the show notes, but all you have to do is go there and you'll see a button right under the picture, the podcast picture, where you can enter your name and your email address into the drawing. And I will leave this drawing open until my birthday which is September 30th. So that's just about a month away from when I am recording this episode. So I hope that all of you who hear this episode will go to my website, erin-taylor.com slash podcasts and enter your name and email address to have a chance to win a coaching hour with me and a copy of my book. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that I bring you value with each episode, give you some ideas, some inspiration, and remind you to believe in yourself because you can do this. Parenting is one of the most challenging things you'll ever do, and it is also one of the most rewarding. So that wraps up episode 100. I hope that wherever you are in this world, you make it a fabulous day for yourself. That wraps up this episode of Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode or this podcast in general, please share it with them. Also, I always love hearing feedback from my listeners. I welcome you to send me an email to Aaron at erin-taylor.com if you have any comments or questions that come up for you in an episode. Our children are our future. Parenting them is the most sacred task we will ever be asked to do. It truly does take a village to raise a child. Let's help each other to raise our children to be who it is they are meant to be. If at any point you feel like you need a little extra help and support, reach out to me. I am here to help you.